Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Gittin, Daf Nun Ches. Um, we're going to get pretty far. We're going to get to the middle of Nun Testament Aleph um, at the Mishnah. And then on Shabbos, we will cover as much as we can. Um, and we'll catch up Sunday because uh, there's just a lot of material. All right. At the very bottom line in the middle of a depressing Gemara, which will soon turn uh, to to halachic pieces, but we first have to get there because the first Amud is still pretty bad stuff. Bottom line, Amar Rabba Bar Barchana, Amar Yochanan, Arboim saw Kitsutse Tfilin Nimtu Beroshe Haruge Betar. On the heads of the people who died in Betar, they found 40 sa of boxes of Tfilin. Rabbianai Brebi Shmol, Amar Shalosh Kupas Shal Arboim Arboim saw, they found three boxes of 40 sa, also totaling uh, 120. And Bimasnisatana Arboim Kupos Shal Shalosh Shalosh it was actually 40 boxes of three sa. Either way, in the first case, we see that it's 40 sa. And in the second two sources, it's 120. It says the Gemara, uh, I think I read that already. This is actually not a machlokas. Some of the boxes were boxes of tefillin shel rosh, and some of the boxes were tefillin shel yad. Obviously horrible. And this gets even more horrible and graphic. Amaravasi, Arba'a Kabin, Moach nimtsu al Evan Achas. They found a large volume of Moach of um of, of brains of children. Rash the Mephorshim here on the sides add in Tinokos of children that were found on a stone. Ula Martisha Kabin, it wasn't four, it was nine. Amar of Kahanavi Itema Shila Barmari Maikra. How do we know that this took place? It says the Gemara, we can infer that this is the case from the Pasuk. Bas Bavel Hashaduda in regards to the children of Bavel, who was uh, the evil one. I'm happy that you're getting paid back. And I'll be thrilled when the heads of your Ololim are cracked over a rock. So it says the Gemara, it's clear, it's implied, I should say, from the Pasuk, that if this is your Yeshalem Lach, it must have been that that's what they did to us. The Pasuk reads, 10 lines down on the children of Zion who are precious, who are misulayim bepaz. My misulayim bepaz. What does it mean that the children are misulayim adorned in, in paz? Paz was a very expensive type of uh, stone. So, they were covered in these stones. That can't be, because the Gemara says, there were two measures of these coins of Pisa that were brought into the world. One place of, uh, of, of a descending of this uh, special stone of Paz was in Rome, and the rest of the world got the other 50%. So 50% in Rome, 50% elsewhere. So it couldn't be that all the Yidden were covered in these stones. That doesn't make sense. No. What the Pasuk means to say is that they were more beautiful than the Paz. These children were, were beautiful children, these Yiddish little kinder. Uh, this is also uh, odd. Because they were so beautiful, in the beginning, when the Romans would be together with their spouses to conceive, the the the, uh, the upper echelon of the Roman world, they would have as their beds, and they would look at the Biliona de Gushpanka. They'd look at these elaborate designs in their rings. Uh, we have this idea in Hashkafa as well that the things you think about and the things that you look at during Tashmashamita uh, has an impact on what the Ubar, on what the child will actually look like. 
But once things got bad with the Jews, then the following horrible scene took place. Last of the short lines on Mikan Ve'elach, Maisu, they would bring B'nai Yisrael, beautiful, uh, good-looking Jewish children, the Asrei Bekare de and they would tie the Jewish children down by the edge of the bed. And then the Romans would be Mishamish Mitasim with their spouses while they were looking at the Jewish kids because they wanted the kids to be, their kids to be beautiful, like the Yiddish kids. It's like unfathomable. It's that this was like, it's enough to make the cut. Like it doesn't seem like it was one time. So the Gemara says, one boy said to another one, is this the kind of punishment that's documented somewhere? What is this? So his friend said, the Pasuk says, if you, uh, if, what? Yeah. So he said, like, yeah, there's a Pasuk that says that even things that aren't written in the Torah and all the Tochachas and all of the Onshim, all the things that we deserved because we were wayward, uh, there is a broad Pasuk that includes a lot of other things. So the kids of Tamar Chacham, Kama Marchikna Miduchta Plan, how far away is this Pasuk from where we are? The kid was like in Cheder. He hadn't learned this Pasuk yet. You have to remember that if, this, if they didn't know all the Pesukim, it means that they're young. It means that they're like, I don't know, five? Ben Chamisha the Mikra? They're little kids. So he says to his friend, where's that Pasuk? If you can imagine it in the voice of a five-year-old, where's that Pasuk? Amar le, ingid, it's coming up soon. Posta upalga, one, one and a half more columns, one and a half more pages. So not too far away. And the kid had a bit of a snarky comment. Had I gotten to that place, I wouldn't have needed you. I would have understood. I could have read between the lines. That when the Pasuk says that even things that aren't listed in the Torah are going to be the consequence, I would have figured it out on my own. Maybe I'm so young, I haven't even gotten there. The fact that I need oh. that's all part of the tragedy. No, Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi halfway down. Yeah. Yeah. So he says... If only I had been, if I wasn't so little, I wouldn't have needed you. Not necessarily, you know, snotty, but. Interesting. That's why it's good to learn with people, because I, that would never have crossed my mind. I, I don't know what's right. Maybe you're a little darker of a thinker than I am. I don't know. Could be. Darker is deeper. In this deeper. I, I'm probably a darker thinker. I'm trying to. I'm just to work through that. Yeah, okay. We can discuss that off camera, David, if you'd like. <laughs> okay, says the Gemara, Omar of Yehuda, Marshmuel, Mishum, Rabban Shimon, Ben Gamliel, my dechsiv, what does the Pasuk mean when it says, any olala the nafshi mikobinos iri, that my eyes are uh, are suffering and, and as is my soul from all of the, the daughters of the city. We'll see here, it's not literally daughters. Ar bameos, bate kinesios, hayu bikrach betar. In betar, there were 400 shuls, halfway down on nun chesamad alaf. In each one of them, in each shul, in each of the 400 shuls, there were 400 rabbeim, that's 1,600 rabbeim, 16,000 rabbeim, that's a lot of rabbeim. There were 400 children in each shear of the 16,000 rabbeim. You can do the math, it's a lot of people. When the Romans were there to kill the Jews, initially their intent was they were going to kill them, stab them. But once they were really properly captured, they were wrapped up in their books, some of the imagery and things that we hear about on Tisha B'Av. At the two dots, uh, two-thirds, uh, halfway down, yeah, they burned them alive, wrapped in svarm. Remember, they're Svarim. 
were not bound like ours. They were more scroll types of sort. Tanarabon in the Gemara says, Meister Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya, Shalach Lekrach Godel Shabrom. He went to a major city in Rome, and Amrlo, some people whispered in his ear, Tinok Echad Yesh Bebeso Asurim. There's a Yiddish kid in the Beso Asurim. Yifei Enaim the Tov Roi. He's a good looking uh, child. Ukfutso Sav Siduros Lo Tautalim, and his hair is hanging with curls. Halach Ba'amad Al Pesach Beso Asurim. So Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya goes to the jail. Amar, he begins a Pasuk. Minosan Lim Shisa Yaakov, the Israel of Ozazim. Who gave over for destruction Yaakov and Yisrael that they should be bozas, that they should be trampled upon? Ana osatino Amar. This child answered from his cell. Hello Hashem, zucha tanulo, below avu bidracha. We didn't want to follow in Hashem's ways. Haloch, below shamu bisarasa. We went and we didn't follow in his ways. So he started the Pasuk Reb Hananya, Reb Yoshua ben Hananya, and the child uh, finished the Pasuk. Uh, I've seen kids from Zilberman's do this. I would start any Pasuk and they just, uh, it's like falling off their lips. They know it. Huh? They know everything. Zilberman's, yeah. It's not normal. It actually makes me quite sad uh, for our culture. And I feel it most prominently when you have to like scroll down when they ask you what year you're born in. And like, it takes a long time to scroll from 2023 to the year that you're born in. I'm like, shoot. These kids in 1985, I was born in 80. They were by then they were done with Tanakh. They were holding cuffs. So they did. It's unbelievable. So Omar, uh, Rabbi Yehoshua ben Hananya says, Muftachani Bo, I am certain about this boy, that I know this person's going to be uh, uh, he's going to be a Tamar Chacham, he's going to be a Posek. Ha'avoda, he makes a neder, She'eni zazmikan ad she'efadenu b'chol mamon she'poskin alav. I'm going to redeem this child. Pidyon shvim, I'm going to I'm going to go do a charity campaign or whatever. I'm going to raise the money and free him. And Amru, they said, Lo zazmi shamat she'pidobu mamon harbe. He stood there until he collected enough funds and he freed the child. It was only very few days who was this person who they let out, who he freed from jail, Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha, and he, of course, was a great posik. And what? Huh? And the coin girdle. And we'll see that in a moment, actually. You probably read this Gemara already. Amar of Yehuda, Amar... Yeah. <laughs> His children, there's actually Machlokas in the Rishonim, if this is his children or not, but from the flow of the Gemara, it certainly seems like it would be his children. And the Gemara says, they were captured, the Shnei Adonim. So his daughter was to the captor, captor of uh, Goy number one, and his son was to Goy number two. After some period of time, he's Davgu. The two owners, Goy number one and Goy number two, they they bumped into each other and started a shmooze. I have a boy who is an Evet. Nobody's better looking than he is. I have a Shifcha who's the most beautiful Shifcha I've ever seen. So Amr, they came up with a deal. Let's uh, have them have children. And whatever children they have, we'll split 50-50. So they agreed. They took the Eved and they took the Shifcha and they put them in the room and they locked the door behind them. One of them sat in one corner. She sat They sat opposite of one another. The boy said, I, I am the child of and the descendant of Kohanim Gedolim. 
you think I'm going to sleep with a person who's a shifcha, she's not shaykh to me. That's not shaykh. She's not shaykh to me. The Zosa Meres, the other one said, Ani kohenes bas kohanim I am a kohenes, the son, the daughter of, excuse me, descendant of uh, kohanim gedolim. En eved, ubachu kol halayla. The two of them cried the whole night. Once the sun came up, they didn't even light a candle the whole night. Not one. They didn't. They just sat there in the dark, praying that they would never be touched by the other person. But in the morning, they recognized one another. They fell into an embrace. And they cried out in Bechi um, until they both died. On these, I am going to shed tears. My eyes are running like water. They were brother and sister. They were brother and sister. Mm -hmm. There's a story about a woman. Her name is Safnas Baspaniel. Safnas, why was her name Safnas? She called Sofan Biofia. She was very beautiful and she was the kind of person who attracted attention, not in a lack of tzni. She happened to be a beautiful woman. Bas Peniel, what does it mean? She was the daughter of Peniel. So the word Peniel is a play on words as well. Bito shall kohen gadol sheshimesh lifnai velifnim. So she was the daughter of, uh, the child of someone who had served as a kohen gadol who was lifnai velifnim. And Peniel, from the word lifnim, a play on words. And shenis olel ba shvoi kolalayla. She had been captured by someone and she had been violated the entire night. Lemachar, the next day, he'll be sheshiba chalukim vehotsia lemochra. He put seven layers of clothes on her and he took her out to the marketplace to sell her. There was a man who was a rather unattractive, disgusting man. He says to the, to the man who is selling this woman, please show me her beauty. Omar Lo, he looks at him, he says, Reka, you empty one. If you want her, take her. Trust me, she is of the most beautiful woman in the world. Amarlo, afal pikain, even though that may well be true, I want to see what I'm buying. So please uh, remove some of the garments. If shita shisha chalukim, he removed six. Vishvi'i, and here in this next word, there is a difference in the girsa between the Ozvahadar and all of the other Gemaras. Here it says, Vishvi'i, the seventh clothing, meaning, meaning the remaining garment, it was the only one covering her body. Kira'aso, he tore. Your Gemaras all say, Kira Asa, that she tore. There isn't even a, a note here. Nothing. Just changed it. Nothing. Which, in a way, I could, I, I mean, I could kind of understand why it would be him and not her. Uh, but the next line is that she was not going to be seen like that. And she she rolled herself in the dirt, so she'd be covered at least by something. Amr Lafanov, and then she gives a heart-wrenching cry. If you're not going to care about us, that's fine. But Why won't you at least have a little bit of, uh, of respect for yourself? Save a little bit of cover for you. Your daughters have to be embarrassed like this in public. And the Gemara says that Yermia was Mekonin on this as well. And he, what was the Pasuk? My daughters of my nation, they should wear sackcloth. And they should roll in the dirt. And suddenly, the terrible one will be upon us. And here is the drasha. It's not just on you. 
It wasn't just on the woman. It wasn't just on the Jews that uh, that the enemy trampled. It was also on a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And she raised a good point. A Kodesh Baruch Hu, whatever, we may deserve bad things. We may deserve onshim. That's a possibility. But the fact that you're not even chas in your own covet is not normal. You should be chas in your own covet. Amar Bihud Amarav, 10 lines or so from the bottom, non chas that man will be oppressed and his house and his nachala and his inheritance. Another horrific story, then we're going to go back to halach. Um, there was a, a man who was an employee. Uh, so let's say Shimon was the employee. Reuven was the master. Reuven was married to Rachel. And Shimon, the employee, Shimon was very attracted to his employer's wife, to uh, to Rachel, the Shulia de Nagrehaba, he was an apprentice uh, uh, as a carpenter. Pamachas Hutzrach Lelavos. There was a time when his master, when Reuven needed to borrow some money, Amar Lo. So Shimon saw an opportunity. Shigar Eshtachatzli veAlvena. I have a little bit of extra cash. I've been saving up. Send your wife to my house, and I'll give her some of the money that you need. I'll lend you money. So he did. He trusted him. Reuven and, and Shimon had been working together for years. She got ishto etzlo. So Reuven sent Rachel to Shimon's house. <laughs> she ended up staying there for three days, and it was not with anything done. Beheter, a lot of isurim were done. Kadam After uh, many days, Reuven was missing his wife. He came over to the house of he came over to the house of Shimon and said, "Where's my wife?" Amarlo ishti sheshigarti lach. Hey, honey, where's my wife? I set her I set her off right away. I gave her the money and she left. He lied. He said, he said, I set her off right away. But I did hear that the young ones, that they violated her on the path. Omar Lo, Ruvain, knowing or thinking that Shimon was a trusted friend, he said, Ma'asev, what should I do? So Shimon always has, he's got this ace up his sleeve. He's trying to create a scenario that's his benefit. Omar Lo, you should divorce her. If you're going to listen to me, you should divorce her. Omar Lo, Ruvain says back to, uh, Ruvain says back to Shimon, remember, Ruvain was broke. Ruben was already taking out a loan. So Omar Lo, what am I supposed to, I don't have enough money. Ruvain said to Shimon, my wife's ksuba is very, very, very tall order to pay. Amar lo, Shimon now throws out the second offer. Don't worry, ani alaveich, the same la ksuba sa. I'm going to give you the money. You pay her ksuba and divorce her. Omad zevigarsha, Ruvain divorced Rachel. Halachu, Shimon went, venasa, and married Rachel. A little swap. When the time came up for Ruvain to pay back, for the money that Shimon had lent him for the ksuba, Amarlo, you don't have any money, Ruvain, so come work for me. So now what's the scenario? Ruvain's wife, Rachel, is now married to Shimon. And because Ruvain owes money to Shimon and he doesn't have it, Shimon says, come work for me. Now he is serving dinner to his ex-wife and employee who are now married. They're sitting, eating, and drinking. Ruvain, the original husband, there were tears that were falling from his eyes, and falling into their cups. Obviously, just a metaphor for how sad he was. This was the Makkah This was the Chasimas Gzardin of the Bate Amikdash that. <clears throat> That Shimon had manipulated Ruvain to divorce his own wife, so that Shimon could, um, that Shimon could marry his wife. 
And when you look at it halachically, it's an, a fascinating thing that this was the Chasimah's Gzar Din, because the divorce was a halachically fine divorce. The marriage was a halach. He lied. That's true. He lied. He lied and said, I didn't do anything with your wife. But the mechanics of the marriage wasn't what the Chasimah's Gzar Din was on. It was on the manipulation. It wasn't, right? So halachically speaking, all he did was lie. They were Mizan in the beginning, that's true. They were Mizan, but the Chasimah's Gzar Din was on the end of the story. Yeah. I mean, it's not nice, it's not good, but Kamsavar Kamsa, the Chachamim was sitting there. The whole, this involves three people. It involves three people, and, and there was Isra there was that took place, but the Gemara seems to imply that it was on the manipulation of what's happening, the, the painted scenario of... out of whatever the population was kind of. Yeah. yeah, could be representative. Could be. But if she was Mazana, doesn't that eliminate her Suva anyway? Yeah, but he didn't know that. He had the right to claim to then. He shouldn't have had the exactly. He lied. But I'm highlighting it. I'm just I'm just making the point that there are thousands of cases of Neuf that are brought up in Shas. But they looked fine. Yes, correct. The mechanics looked fine. And even though the mechanics weren't fine, but what the Gemara if you read this Gemara and you walk away from it, you're like, yeah, Znus happened, but that wasn't what the punishment was for. Yeah. It seems to it be, be it, yeah, yeah, we've, we've run across a, a thousand yeah. Gemaras like this. That's what you would think of, because that's one of the, uh, well, that's one of the three arrows of Yavah. Okay, but we've had a vote, we had a vote, I'm saying we've, we've had all these cases, but we haven't seen the Chasimah's Zardin for Batei Mikdash until this case scenario. And it seems, if, if I'm implying pro correctly, it seems that it isn't because of the Znus. It's because of the manipulation. Okay, the Amri law. Some say what? What? The world was destroyed because of the way people were Thomas, yeah. with each other, not just yeah. but interacting with each other, not necessarily because of the uh, the halachic pieces. There were there were there were there. The when you're stealing from somebody, right. there's some more respect right. between people. Right. Could be. Marshall seems to say, like you were saying, except you. Doesn't imply there was really a hate. No. So then everything was really. He, he says there was no hate. Seems like it. it wasn't because of that. It was like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. In which case, she would have been more. It really was all technically kosher. Right. The implication of the Gemara is not good because After if. A yeah, the manipulation. Yeah, right. Although it, it is odd because if in fact, I, don't know what she's doing I was going to say, if she did nothing wrong, then why did he lie about what? Why did he well, lie? He, he wanted to get her divorced. Yeah. Okay. Why, the, Very good. The lie about, you know, Gives along the way. Alone or right? There's bigger Isur. Yeah. That's Trachilus, whatever, whatever Isur it is. Yeah. Yeah. But Ashkafa, it's just, it's not right. The Amrila, some say that the Churban Beis Mikdash was Nechtam, not on that, but rather the Amrila al Shtepsilos Bener Echad. This is, of course, a homily that there are two wicks and one candle, meaning that one woman was sleeping with two men. Let's get back to our case of the mafia case, which is depressing by itself, I guess, but it's not as depressing as what we've been learning for the last 
couple of days. So we had a din that if a case scenario came up where Ruvain had to give up his field uh, with death, death being the other choice, give me your field or I'll kill you. And then he gives the field to the Sikrikon. Uh, and then the Sikrikon sell it to Shimon. Really, the field still belongs to, to Ruvain. It's just he was forced to give it up. So, But as ownership-wise, it still belongs to Ruvain. So there we had said that if Shimon uh, tries to sell it to another person, uh, it's not, the Kenyan doesn't work. And the Gemara qualifies this. Mm-hmm. Omar Rav, he says, Lo Shanu. And if you take a look of Rashi, a look at Rashi at 10 lines from the bottom inner margin, Rashi says, Lo Shanu de Mechobato, that Shimon's attempted sale of the property. The fact that it doesn't work is if he only just said, all right, fine, take my property, seek recon, or what am I, what do you want me to tell you? You're going to kill me? Take my property, whatever. Aval, if that's not what Ruvain did when he was engaging with the secret cone, but rather Bishtar, he wrote a star that says, I hereby uh, forego my ownership, whatever the star says, then Kana, then the actual transition of the property from Ruvain to the secret cone is valid. And therefore, when Shimon buys it from the secret cone, he can do with it whatever he wants. It's a, They're all normal sales, even though they were somewhat forced. But says Rob that when you use a star, the star removes your emotions on the matter. And the star indicates that you're really okay giving it over to the secret cone. Shmuel argues, Shmuel Amar, bottom line of Shmuel says, Even if there is a star, the star could also be a forced hand because they could hold the knife to the, to the neck and say, Right now, write me a star. But if he weaves in that there's Be'achrayis, that I hereby add the Be'achrayis, oh, that if, if there's a default, you can come back to me for another property. If he adds that in, then that already is an indicator that he is in agreement. So Machlokes, Rav and Shmuel, in regards to whether or not it is considered acceptable to uh, to have a sale, a proper sale after the doc, after the property is given over with a star. Rav says it's enough, and Shmuel says it's not. And Tanya Kavase the Shmuel on the top of Nanchasim based, there's a Brisa just like Shmuel. If a man take, uh, buys a property from a woman and then buys a property from a man, that counts. But if he buys a property, so then, in a case where a man, where, where Ruvain buys a property from Shimon, and then he goes to Shimon's wife Shoshana and buys it from her. There, Mechobatel, because it could be that the woman only sold it to the husband because of her marriage. She felt compelled to as a spouse, but she really didn't want to. So when is it that Mechobatel? That's true only without Achrayis. But once he adds in a clause that says, I hereby insure your purchase. So then even if he purchases it in that way, then uh, I should say only if he purchases it in that way, then it's Mechro Kayim, if it's written with Achrayis. And this seems to be exactly like the sheets of Shmuel, Kasha, and Rav. Rav said it's Bishtar. This Brisa says very clearly, says the Gemara Neima Tehave Rav. Why isn't it the case that this Brisa that Shmuel found, why isn't this you know battleship, the last mark Rav has done? Like this is a beautiful argument. We have a brisa that says explicitly that the only time the mekho is kayam is if the there is a chetif of achrayis. So says the Gemara. It's not a strong enough argument because it could be that the achrayis that's referenced in the brisa is a star. Says the Gemara five lines down on unchesim beis amar lachrav my achrayis nami star, and therefore the brisa could also be like rav. Uh, if you look in the in the Mefarshim here on the side, when it says Tanya Kavase de Shmuel, there's actually another version of, of this Gemara, which is Mesve, namely to pose this as a question against Rav. And the Gemara would answer the same way. 
um, and it would say Amr Lachrav is the same thing. So it's either uh, the way that we have it is Tanya Kabasi that uh, Shmuel mentioned this as a brisa, or it could be that the Gemara is just raising this brisa as a question against Rav. We don't know the actual initial uh, presentation of the Gemara, uh, other than assuming that what's in the Gemara might be accurate as opposed to what's in the margins. Tanu Rabban, another case. Nun Chesim base six lines down. Lokach mina Sikrikon. Let's say that Reuven used to own a property and the Sikrikon took it. And then Shimon bought it from the Sikrikon. And Shimon ve'achla shaloshani bifnei bailen. Shimon ate on that field. Namely, he lived on the property for three years. Three years is an important line in the sand because after three years of squatting, you no longer need to hold on to your star. At that point, we halachically assume that you own that particular field. And then Shimon, who's been living there for three years, really the field was Ruben's. Ruben gave it to the Sikrikon. Shimon bought from the Sikrikon and lived there for three years. Then Vechazar Machar Laachar, and then Shimon sells the field to Levi. So says the Gemara, Ein al Lokeach Sheni Klum. Ruben, who was the original Bailim, he has nothing, no leverage over, over the Sheni, over Levi at all. What do you mean he has no leverage over Levi? Does he have leverage over Shimon? He should have no leverage at all. Because Shimon was there for three years and Ruvain did nothing. So it says the Gemara, hey, Chidami, I don't even understand. If the claim is that he says that I bought it fair and square, then even Shimon could make the same claim. And if he's not making that claim, then even uh, even Levi, even the last person, would not be able to have any leverage. So Amar of Sheshes, you're correct. That really there was no such claim that I bought this fair and square. What are we talking about over here? We're not talking about a regular case. The Gemara gives a new kimta. About a quarter of the way down, Toan in the Yoresh, we would make this claim on behalf of a Yoresh, the Toan in the Lokach for a regular purchaser, but Be'idach in our case, where it wasn't a regular purchase, it was Ruvain who gave to the Sikrikon, Shimon bought from the Sikrikon, and then Shimon sold to Levi. In a case like that, Itoin in Ilolo, that Bezdim will not make the claim on his behalf in order in order to push and try and get the property back. But according to the Argamara, that had it been the case that he claimed uh, that. Uh, that I that I didn't that that you did that you you have my property then Ruvain would have again had access to his own property. That brings us to the two dots a third of the way down Tanu Rabbanon. We had been talking about Sikrikon, which is where somebody says I'm going to kill you if you don't give me your property. But what if the guy is a little bit different? He forces you to sell without threatening murder, but he pushes you pretty hard because you owe him money. You're going to give me your property now. You owe me a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm kicking you off the land. I'm going to burn your barn down. I'm not going to kill you, but it's a chov. So let's say that's why the guy created, or machmas anparos, or forceful people, but not people who are going to murder. Take a look at Rashi for anparos, um, a couple inches below where we are, about halfway down in all the Rashis, Dibra Hamaska, anparos, gezel ba'alma, ve'enu master biado laharog. And he's capturing your land. He's being forceful about it, but again, he's not going to murder you. In these ca- in these cases, this is not where we trigger the halachos of Sikrikon. Now, as you may recall, our Mishnah, where we first learned about Sikrikon, many, many, many long blot ago, um, this din of Sikrikon can be found in Nunhayamud Beis, and we had said that it, at the second half of the Mishnah, we had said that uh, that the original Bailim get uh, a quarter of the value of their property. We're going to be discussing that later. Those halachos don't apply in a case where it's Bamach Maschobu Machmas Anparos. 
And then the Gemara says, Van paros On paros itself, we actually do have a rule that you have to wait 12 months. That's very strange. Why would you have to wait 12 months? Says the Gemara, wait one second. Why are you saying 12 months? That's a din of Sikrikon that we saw in the Mishnah and Hamid Beis. The parameter of 12 months is not a din of Sikrikon. Says the Gemara, you're right. Really, Sikrikon atzma tzricha shetisha yud beis chodesh. Our language is incorrect here. Machlokas between what our Gemara says and what Rashi actually says is the actual pshat. Look, you can look at the second line of the wide lines of Rashi. His Hachi Kamar says, Anparos in bomishum Sikrikon. Here it says, Sikrikon atzma. Uh, that really you're right. This is where we learn the rule from. This explains our Mishnah on Nudhamid Bays, that where our Mishnah says on Nudhamid Bays that if there was 12 months that have gone by, so then uh, on the Mishnah we had said that if 12 months go by, then the original Bailam no longer have any say in the matter. So that's where we learn this din from, from this Brisa. And the Gemara says, Amr of Yosef, halfway down on Nudhamid Bays, says the Gemara, Naktin, and we have a tradition, Ain an Paros Bebavel. There are no people who force you to buy property in, in Bavel. Says the Gemara, that's not true. Take a look at the crime reports. We know for sure that there are people uh, who are forcing Jews to give up property. Ella says the Gemara, We don't have the din of Anparos in Bavel. Why not? My taima. Because they are a civilized society, says the Gemara, because they have a court system and nobody went in and complained, then perhaps it's the case that there was mechila. But we're not going to assume that there's that there's mechila with no good reason. So where we are in a place that's civilized, we follow the rules of the Bezdin and not standardized rules of Sikrikon or not standardized rules of Amparos, whatever they may be. Then the Gemara tells a story, two-thirds of the way down, Gidal Bar Eloi. There was a man whose name was Gidal Bar Eloi, and Gidal Kabil Ara Bataska Mibnei Baga. This requires an outside explanation. Let's say that we had a, um, a one square block, and it was cut into four sections. I own one, and the three three of you own one. So let's say Rob, you in the back, you own the back left corner of our, of, of that back left corner property, and you're going to be out of town this year. You're not even going to be there to pay the taxes on your property. So the government needs to collect, let's say, $1,000 of tax total, $250 for each thing. And $1,000 has to be paid no matter what. If you go out of town, Rob, I can pay your $250, so I'll pay my $250 and yours. And what I get to do is for that $250 for that year, I get to eat the fruits off of your property. That's what's happening over here. And the Gemara says that if Rob's out of town, so then Kabil Arabitaskam Ibn Baga, I'm going to pay for your half. For your for your quarter of the field, I'll pay you five hundred, two fifty for me, two fifty for you, and I get your fruits. But I'm a little bit of a sneaky guy, and when I was paying the taxes, I not only paid for your taxes for Tafshin Pei Dalid, I also paid for Tafshin Pei Hay and Tafshin Pei Vav. I wanted to see if I could pull one over on you. It says the Gemara, I actually prepaid three years of taxes for Rob's property, even though he was going to be back. So I tried to pull the wool over so that I can keep the fruits on your property because the mice at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm the one who paid the taxes to the government. They already have the money. Conversation's over. So maybe even if you return, if I play my cards right, it's not nice what I'm doing, but if I do it, maybe I can be the beneficiary of the fruits for your property for the next three years and you'll live there. You, you already paid your taxes. I paid your taxes for you and you don't even get your own fruits. <clears throat> So says the Gemara, ah, that Lesof, uh, Rob came back home from his trip and he said, Amar And Rob said to me, listen, Phil, thank you very much. Shata Kamaisa during that first year, you were given the food. But Hashta, now for years two and three, I'm back. 
they didn't know that I paid the taxes. So that says the Gemara that we'll pay our taxes from now on. I'm glad that we that you paid and I'm glad that you got the fruits, but we're done with our little business transaction now. But they didn't know what to do because Phil already prepaid three years. He's here at the end of one year. I'm down uh, another $500 for the next two fiscal years. And because of that, I want to eat the fruits off of Rob's property and him not have access. So they got into a little scuffle by uh, by the cornfield. They decided to go ask a Shiloh. So the commander of Papa. So says the Gemara, Savar tirfa baga. He wanted to write a contract that the money could be given back to the Bnei Baga, from the Bnei Baga, excuse me, from the other sharecroppers who share the, the four properties, that he wanted to get money out of them and give it back to Phil, who was a little bit of a sneaky guy, because I tried to prepay for your property so I can have the fruits for those years. The way you're doing this, Asis, Sikrikon, you're making it like there's a case of Sikrikon over here. You're making it that like Ruvain, uh, like Ruvain, if there's a case of Sikrikon, he always gets his, his property back from Shimon. That's what you just did in this case, but there's no Sikrikon. So why is it that if Phil's going to be manip manipulative that he should not get it? Why should he get his money back? You're treating him like a case of Sikrikon, but this isn't a case of Sikrikon. So says the Gemara in the first of the very long lines, Nun he argued with Rav Papa and said, no, this guy put his money on uh, the Karen Hatzvi, on the horns of a deer. This is a phrase we've had before. Basically, what it means is he was irresponsible with his money. The fact that Phil prepaid an extra two years, he didn't ask permission. Rob never told him to do that. Rob didn't agree to it. Then I'm the fool. And I flushed my money down the toilet. Rob gets to eat his food, and I'm not allowed to touch anything. I wasted that extra money that I paid in advance. Says the Gemara, um, almost at the bottom of the page, 10 lines from the bottom, Zoom Mishnah Rishona. This is a quote from our Mishnah. We had first learned one version of the Mishnah Rishona of how to deal with Sikrikon. And then the rest of the Mishnah read that Bezdin Shalachrehen Amru, Halokeach Mina Sikrikon, somebody who buys Ruvain's property from the Sikrikon, no saying Lebailim Revia. He has to pay a quarter of that property or that value. We'll see in the Gemara what we're talking about. He has to pay a quarter to the Bailim. What we're going to see is that a quarter doesn't mean what we think it is. This is a quarter of me, me levar. So it means that it's $125. If I buy the property from $124 or $125 from the secret cone, I have to pay Revia. I have to pay 25. It's really one fifth. But after you remove the 25, what I gave to uh, to Ruvain is the same as a quarter of what's what's left over. And we'll see a little bit more about this. And Omar Rav, Rav was of the opinion, Revia Bekarka, oh, Revia Bemos, that it's going to be a quarter either of the land or of or of the money. And it's actually, again, it's not a quarter, it's actually a fifth. Um, and the Gemara then says, Ushmuel Amar, I disagree. Revia Bekarka, Shehein Shlish Bemos, I disagree. It has to be a Shlish of the Mos. And the Shlish of the Mos means that there used to be a hundred, and I gave you. Uh, and I gave you 25 of that. What's left? 75. And what I gave you was 25. And that is a third of the money that's left over. So there's an argument over here that are we saying that it's 20%, which is the shita of Rav, or are we saying that it's 25%, which is the shita of Shmuel? What is the discussion? Are we talking about a quarter or are we talking about a fifth? The first shita would be like that of Shmuel, and the second shita would be, which is Chumshah, is like that of Rav.
So the Gemara says, I actually have a raya for one of these opinions. It's a long brisa. It'll take us to the end of the page. Mesve. The brisa says, Zu Mishnah Rishona, but Bezdin Shalachrein Amru, that in regards to Sikrikon, Halokech Minas Sikrikon, if Ruven loses his field to the Sikrikon, and Shimon buys the field from the Sikrikon, no saying Labailam Revia, he has to give a quarter to the Bailam, the Yad Bailam Al Halyona, and the Bailam actually have the first right of refusal. Ratsu Bekarka Nodlin, if the Bailam want the Karka, they are welcome to have it. Or if they want the money, they can have it. It's up to them. Says the Brisa, when is this true? That's only true. That's only true when he doesn't, where when he, when he can take the money, when he doesn't have the money to buy. If he has the money and he never bothered to, to try and get the field, they get to, they get to try first, but... Uh, if they have money, they're welcome to buy first. Rebbe Hoshi Bez and Rebbe pulled together all the Chachamim on this one, the Nimnu, and they voted a democracy. That if 12 months passed by after Ruvain had lost his property to the Sikrikon and Ruvain did nothing about it, so two lines from the Gemara, it says, Now, all of this are the details that. Uh, we, it would be luxurious to spend time on. We just can't now. And the end of the Brisa says, Aval, and this is where we see, like one of our opinions that we saw above, Rav or Shmuel, Aval, no saying Lebailam Revia Bikarka, O Revia Bemos. And that language is exactly the language of Rav that we see three lines into the wide lines, where Rav said, Amar Rav Revia Bikarka, or Revia Bemos. So here we see a Brisa that's exactly like Rav, which implies that the amount of money that he has to give to uh, Ruvain that Shimon has to give to Ruvain is twenty is twenty percent and not twenty five percent. Amaravashi, that's not true. This could even be like Shmuel. Kitanya hahi that brayz is laachar We're talking about a case where only after the money reached his hands. This is a very 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 difficult uh, five words in the Gemara. The Rishonim here. Uh, at the very bottom of the page, Rashi uh, basically highlights that what we're talking about is where the total amount of money that was given out was more than 20%. It was actually 25% based on various transactions that took place between money that Shimon gave the Sikrikon and money that Shimon gave to Ruvain. Um, and that is why this is not a question on Shmua. On the very, very last two words on Daphnun Chesim at Beis, the Gemara says, Amar Rav, Rav says, we know who Rav is, right? Rav is uh, of the Talmudim of Rebbe. And the Gemara says on the top of Nun Tassim at Aleph, I was there when they voted on this. Rashi, So you have to remember how awesome this is. Rav, as we know, is in the Dor Avar. He was Rav Tanahu Palik. This is, I think, the first example in Shas when Rav was in the room with the Tanoim Paskening Adin. He was one of the people voting. Now, Rebbe was, of course, in charge, but it's very cool to see that Rav, on the bottom of the previous page, functioned as an Amora, Rav and Shmuel. And on the top of this page, he's sitting in the same room as Rebbe, and he was Nimnu, he was voting. And says the Gemara, Uminoidi di Manu Beresha. I paskin the case first. We went around the room. Rav, you go first. Says the Gemara, how could Rav go first if Rebbe's in the room? Top of second line, we have a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, that when we're dealing with halachos and Sanhedrin and Bezdin, with Mamanis or with Taros or with Tumos, we always start with the greatest in the room, which in this case would have been Rebbe and not Rav. 
that's already a kasha, we'll finish off the rest of the Mishnah. The rest of the Mishnah says, When it comes to Dina Nefashos, yes, we start with the smallest guy in the room, because by Dina Nefashos, we're always trying to be mezaka. We don't want to kill somebody. So by Dina Nefashos, we start with the smallest Talmud Chacham in the room. And when Rav is the smallest Talmud Chacham in the room, you're in a chashab room. <laughs> you're talking, this is not, these, are, these are all big guns that don't, we, no, we don't know anyone or anything even remotely close to this. So kasha on our Gemara. Rav says that he was the first. But how could Rav be first? This wasn't the case of Dina Nefashos. It was just a case of Zikui on a piece of land. So Amar Rava Berei Durava, the tamer of Hillel Berei Duravals, he says, what a strange name. So it says the Gemara, Shiny Minyana de Bey Rebbe. The, the type of voting that took place by Rebbe was very different even than that Mishnah. And we would have to ask Akasha on this because uh, maybe he's fighting with this Mishnah because what, is it, what does he say? In, according to Rebbe, all judgments, including ones of Dine Mominus, always started with the lowest man in the room, which in this case was Rav. And another statement of this person, the Omar Rabba Bere de Rava, Vitema Rebbe Hillel Bere de Rebbe Vals, Mimos Moshe, Ad Rebbe, from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu until Rebbe, Lomatsinu Torah Ugdula Bemakum Echad. We didn't have a case scenario where all of the Gedula and all of the Torah was in one person. He was a master of both. We've had greats in Torah who were not greats in, uh, in, in, in Godless. And we have people who are greats in Godless but not great in Torah. Says Gemara, hello, is that not true? Ahava Yehoshua. Says the Gemara, yeah, it's true. Yehoshua was awesome, but Yehoshua was never the lone person because there was someone who was an equal to him, which was Hava Elazar. So says the Gemara, okay, but Hava Elazar, after Yehoshua died, there was only Elazar. And if that's the case, then he was a standalone man who had both of these traits of Torah and Godless. Says the Gemara, no, Hava Pinchas. Pinchas also, by the time Yehoshua died, Pinchas was alive. Pinchas ben Elazar was his son. So says the Gemara, that's also not a Raya. I have a Hava Pinchas. After Elazar died, then Pinchas was alone, says the Gemara. No, he wasn't. There were the elders who also, also some of them were equivalent to Pinchas. Okay, what about Hahava Shaul? Says the Gemara, that's not true because Hava Shmuel. So he had a competitor too. But at some point, uh, at some point, Shaul died and Shmuel was alone. Says the Gemara, yeah, but Kulhu Shane Kamin, and it wasn't his whole life, it was only part of his life. I have David. What about David? Uh, David says the Gemara, Hava Iri, his, his Rebbe was like that. Says the Gemara, when, when David's Rebbe died, so then uh, who was left? It was just David. Says Gemara, Kulhu Shnei we needed to be all of his years, and it wasn't all of the years of David. Says Gemara, Hava Shlomo, what about Shlomo? Says Gemara, at that same time, Hava Shimi Ben Geira, Shlomo was awesome, but he wasn't alone. Shimi Ben Geira was in the same boat. Felkatle, Shimi Ben Geira was killed, Shlomo was alone. Says Gemara, Kulhu Shnei Kamrin, and Shlomo didn't have all of his life in this category. Some big mistakes were made there. What about during the times of Chizkiah? He wasn't alone either. Shavna says the Gemara Ha'iktil. Shavna was killed. Kudushane Kamrin, and there too we needed to be that he was like, like this all of the days of his life, and that is very uncommon. Ezra. What about Ezra? Says at his time Ben There was another great at that time, so they were never alone. And Amar Avacha Afani Omer Mimos Rebbe Ba'ad Rebbe Ashi Ba'ad Ravashi 
We also, between Rebbe, who was the last of the Tanaim, and Ravashi, who was toward the end of the Amoraim, although there are a couple of different Ravashis, it's not simple to know which one this is. So says the Gemara, they also didn't have that kind of godless. Velo says the Gemara, wait, there was somebody, Vahava Hunabarnasan. Says the Gemara, Shani Hunabarnasan, to make off have a Kaifle, the Ravashi. He was Kafuf, he made himself a subservient to a Ravashi, and therefore he couldn't be counted as that leader. We'll stop right here and pick up on Shabbos at the new Mishnah. Wishing you all a beautiful night.